3: What's up, everybody? We've got uh, dumps like a truck, 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 and thighs like what? What? Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not talking Cisco today. We're talking Andre Cisco. Sorry, I had that wrong. There's no thong song here, but there is a violent Jaguar safety coming back to Kansas City. We got a lot to talk about with Sterling Holmes and myself. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. The Chiefs are playing a real game. They're making their postseason debut, but you and I, sir, we're not making our debut. We're old pros at this by now. Like, I feel like we're old familiar friends gathering with our other familiar friends. How are you feeling today?
2: I'm outstanding. That was the best intro you've ever done on this show. And you've done a lot of great intros. That was tops. I love it. You know what else is tops? Having a weekend to relax and watch football. Yeah. not being stressed out as you watched the chargers have the most charger game you have ever seen being relaxed as you see the vikings crumble under pressure it was awesome i love this you're relaxed as you don't have to watch tyler huntley try and die from the two-yard line like he's trevor lawrence <laughs> it was nice i loved it man it was a great uh, week and i drank beers watch rough fo- watch some football chiefs they're moving on facing the Jaguars. I am stoked.
3: Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, you got to love these bye weeks, not only because it allows the Chiefs to like be absolutely healthy and and look incredibly rested. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, like everyone else is like having to scrap for these wins, you know, like playoff football is so tough. We saw that over the weekend. Even you know, even those teams that you expected to win, they like barely won, and held on thanks to like random things we'll get into all that in a second but um yeah it was it was great but i'm also ready to see chiefs football for sure
2: yeah i'm ready to see chiefs football uh you mentioned scrapping for wins don't scrap for a win drink a win and that is casey birko casey birko (laughs) is always a win the best beer you are gonna have i'm drinking the hellas lager one of my
3: go-tos matt connor what are you drinking over there it's a special release wait that's an italian accent i don't know you're right it's our it's our beer I poured, it's poured. beer. I poured, I mixed, I, I I added good juju to the whole thing. Our new uh, Arrow Red Lager is out limited time. Uh, you got to go there to get it, folks. Sorry. I don't think they're like wide distro on this. But if you're in or around the Casey area, I behoove you, I beseech you to get two scoops of Arrow Red, two cartons of Arrow Red Lager. Take them to go. Uh, you're going to love it. We, you know, like KC Beer, when they say dare to beer different, that's just, that's not a great, uh, that's a great slogan, but it's not just a great slogan. I mean, like, like, dude, we can have nothing. We could like, we could be on this podcast, not sponsored by anyone and not even talking chiefs. And I would sit here with just you just talking about the beers I like. And I'd be talking about KC Beer as a big part of that conversation. So it just makes it the easiest sponsor to have when you love what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, Casey Bierko, again, if you've not tried it, please, if you live in the area, go out and try it. If you live out of town, come to KC, go to a Chiefs game, and before you go, stop by Casey Bierko. Trust me, you will love it. Let's get into this past weekend before we hit on the Chiefs injury updates and as well as some of the impact that might have on this upcoming week. First, let's talk about the Bengals. The Bengals lost another offensive lineman. Uh, they lost Jonah Williams, their left tackle, and they are already were missing one of their best guards. Now, the Bengals' offensive line is starting to resemble the Chiefs' offensive line from the Super Bowl, but you will get no boo-hooing from me because I was told, next man up. Remember that. We were all told, next man up. So if Bengals fans come in your mentions and start saying, but injuries, you know what you tell them? Tough shit. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what else to tell them. The Chiefs, we've had to deal with this. The Bengals are now dealing with this. Their offensive line is in shambles. Their one saving grace is Joe Burrow gets the ball out quick. And the fact that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, they can beat their man quick. They're very good receivers. Um, That's the X factor here. But what did you take away from that Bengals' close win
3: over the Miami Dolphins? You know, um, I I think in some ways it's possible. Sorry. Sorry. Ravens. (laughs) Ravens, yeah. You know, like, I I don't, I'm not running, I'm not running with any of these results. Not at all. Look, the Chiefs played, the the Chiefs needed overtime to get past the Texans, right? The Chiefs needed um, a few things to go their way to get past Denver twice late in the season. Like, what we've seen lately is just proof that it's tough to win in the national football league and coming into the postseason, I don't want to point to the Bengals last week and go, Oh, if Tyler Huntley almost beat you, I'm not worried about that. And I don't want to point to the bills and say like, Oh, if you weren't lucky against Miami, like you wouldn't be this far. I don't want, like, I don't, I don't even want to look at the Jags and do that and say like, Oh wait, you're going to commit five turnovers. You know, like, like reading, reading the results of one game into the script of what will happen in the next game is, is a fool's errand. Like we've just seen that time. And again, if you read Clyde Edwards, the production from the first three games into the rest of the season, you would have been shocked at the fact that he's been a complete non factor, right? uh, That's just the way these things go. And um, so a good team, they found scrappy ways to win, but, The Bengals are still the team that beat, you know, the Chiefs three times in a calendar year. The Bills are still the team that was largely called the most talented roster on both sides of the ball for most of the season. I think there are some takeaways that you could look to, oh, maybe these injuries are catching up with it. Like maybe there are themes that are slowly emerging, but looking at the results of these two games, I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going, oh, this may be a lot easier than we thought it would be. And I don't want to be one of those. How are you feeling about it all?
2: Yeah. So, obviously, we're going to get in touch on the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's the next man up, next team up. So, we'll talk all about them. We just wanted to give you guys a little breakdown of our thoughts with the Bengals and Bills. That's been the talk all offseason, all regular season. Obviously, two of the teams that the Chiefs lost to in the regular season. Uh, I mentioned the Bengals. I'm worried about their offensive line as far as if you are a Bengals fan, that's a disaster. Uh, That's not going to be easy. Joe Burrow got sacked a ton last year. Chiefs couldn't do it, but other teams sacked Joe Burrow a ton last year. And if any any indication from when Williams went down, that left tackle is going to be a massive issue for the Bengals. Uh, When it comes to Buffalo, they played a Chiefs normal where their talent level outshined the turnover margin in that game that looked like a game the Kansas City Chiefs would have done this year and won, right? A game where Josh Allen makes a couple amazing throws, one-three, like what the hell, maybe a fumble here and there. You also had one interception that went directly off Cole Beasley's face mask into the arms of the defender. The Bills are good, but they're so reliant on the deep ball only. They're so reliant on it's either going to be a home run or it's an out. It's like the three true outcomes in baseball. They're the Adam Dunn. And that's an issue. Like, if the Chiefs can get pressure with four, which they started to as the season's gone on, that's going to help KC. If they can't, they, if, if Josh Allen has time, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, they can light you up. Uh, no Von is a huge loss. If you're Cincinnati is in, in, in Buffalo this upcoming week, it's going to be interesting. The Buffalo defense has not been the same. and The Cincinnati offensive line's not been the same. We'll see which one really gives, which one takes, or if it's going to be a, a complete wash. But as far as the Chiefs fans' perspective goes, this is going to be very interesting to watch the trenches between those two teams
3: I don't want to say that those games didn't matter. I don't want to say that the loss of Jenna Williams didn't matter. You know, the, the maxim is that the game is lost and won in the trenches. We've seen that be true of the chiefs when they, when they lost big to the bucks uh, that could be true of these two teams. So I will say this at like, if something could be set up for the chiefs, well, this is it. I mean, on paper, the team you want early are the Jags on paper. You want the other two, to duke it out. On paper you want to see that they're thin and hurting in places where it's important. Uh you know, like I mean if you want the easy, the path of least resistance to the Super Bowl. And you got to love the fact that no one in the NFC really looks like any like major threat at all. I mean like it may be even tougher. The AFC Championship game should be tougher than any Super Bowl matchup for any team involved.
2: So well- Go ahead. Sorry.
3: Well, I mean, so I, that's just what I think. So, yeah, on paper, I love it. At the same time, we just saw last week that that even if you're taking on a team that you think you should dominate, you're like, oh, Skylar Thompson? Are you kidding me? Like, like how many how many Bills fans were thinking, oh yeah, please, Skylar Thompson, bring it on, let's do it, Josh Allen, and then and then you're biting your nails for 60 game minutes.
2: And it comes down to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Kill putting butter on their hands before the game. That's what it comes down to. Uh, before we start looking too far ahead, we're obviously going to look at this upcoming matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not a game where they're just going to roll over and say, yep, it's done. Chiefs are moving on. There's an actual game to be played. So we will break that down as well as give you guys health updates from all the Kansas City Chiefs players. But before we do that, guys, help us out here we're passing along this awesome promo from for new bet MGM customers for the division around bet $10 on any wildcard team and win $200 in free bets as long as one touchdown is scored, regardless if your bet wins or loses. Enter code ARROWHEAD. That's one word at sign up using our, pro- our promo code ARROWHEAD is a great way to support Arrowhead Addicts. We get a small fee from BetMGM for each new bettor that uses our code. So if you don't yet have a BetMGM account, please do us a favor and sign up with code ARROWHEAD and place that $10 bet new customers only 21 plus and present in select states now bear with me i'm going to try and do this as fast as i possibly can rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or stu- or site credits free bets expire in seven days from an issuance see full terms at betgmedia.com gambling problem call text 1-800-GAMBLER uh, illinois indiana uh what's that maryland minnesota new jersey ohio pennsylvania west virginia wyoming 1-800-522-4700 Colorado, Kansas, 8778, hope ny or text hope and ny 1 800 next step, Arizona, 888 uh, 789 7777, Connecticut, 1 800 bets off, uh, that's in Iowa, 1 877 770 stop, 7867 LA, call text Tennessee, tennis, Tennessee Red Line, 1 800 889 9789, or 1 888 532 3500, Virginia. My goodness, that is a lot.
3: <laughs> that, was a, that was a incredible performance getting that out uh yeah kudos to you on that one um that you was get like thirsty
2: your- halfway through by the way like it's one of those situations where you get really thirsty it's so much words and if you bumble one your mind's going ahead and you're like shit i gotta go back and hit that state
3: <laughs> i love that you had to like interpret state codes oh and it was like somehow maryland or something gave you a a hiccup. Anyway, oh, yeah, it, it
2: gives you it's hard, okay? You haven't <laughs> done that since elementary school. When was the last time you gone by and gone through
3: every single state two-letter initials? It's hard. You did great. You did great. It was your 13 seconds. You did it well. So let's get into some Chiefs football. Let's start today. Um, because one of the major storylines about the Chiefs right now is is um what a first-round buy provides, and the fact that the Chiefs are now. Well rested. While everyone was scrapping it out, it was yet another week to pile on top of another week. Right now, um, the Chiefs are coming off of a bye and looking very, very healthy. I'm like some of the guys they're adding. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that they were even a part of the equation. And what I'd love from you, if you feel fully recovered from your um, betting promo and disclaimer read, um, is I like I'd love to kind of talk about and maybe we can even get some of the comments here, how much of an impact do you feel like each of these players make either with their return or maybe with their postponed return? And I want to dive into just a few names here. But first of all, we saw Sky Moore leave a few weeks ago with a lacerated hand. He's been out, which, by the way, that just sounds like really painful, like a deep cut in the the middle of your hand. Or whatever, like that would just last forever. He's back now, full participant in practice. He's not been a big factor for the whole season, but he he's definitely had his moments. And more so, in the second half, is is his return heartening to you in a way? Do you kind of shrug at it? Like like, what's your take on Sky's return to the lineup? Uh,
2: they better not use him as a punt returner.
3: <laughs> no, I'm sure.
2: I'm sure. I think it's fine. I don't think they will use him. A ton. It's not like Sky Moore was already getting tons of playing time as the season went on. Now in the playoffs, you'll probably see fewer and fewer snaps for the uh, back-end guys. I like having him as an insurance policy, right? As another guy we'll talk about later probably remains out. I like having Sky Moore back just in case, but I don't expect to see a lot of Sky Moore and hopefully not on special teams.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I like that he's back. I think he adds a dimension uh, that can be really exciting. I, I'm very excited about Skymore going forward. I think in, I think in year three and four, we're going to really like the niche that he carves out on this offense. Um, and and he'll, he's going to grow into that next year. The other player that, that came back and, and then had to sit out practice today. And even a few commenters are already talking about it. Let's talk McCole Hardman. Are um, like, How bothered are you that he wasn't able to go today and had a setback?
2: Well, obviously, the injury is more serious than was initially led on. Uh, I know there was talk about if he was even going to go on the IR. Uh, What's interesting about this is really knows exactly what the injury is. Originally, it was abdominal illness. Then we heard groin. Now we're hearing pelvic. So I'm not 100% sure. Everything I've found, I can't find a legitimate source that's saying, this is exactly what it is. They're keeping it under wraps. Uh, obviously, he's not good to go. Obviously, it's not coming aw- coming around the way they thought it would. So it seems like he's going to be out at least against the Jaguars. And most likely, it's starting to sound like, from at least the Kansas City Chiefs perspective, he'll probably be out the whole entire playoffs. Um, as far as the significant loss part here, I think Hardman helps the offense. I think him on the team is a plus but I'm not going to sit here and say if the Chiefs can't beat the Jaguars without Hardman, you can't come back and say, well, Hardman was out. He was the, the reason why. No, no, no. Kadarius Toney is going to be taking the majority of the snaps now from Hardman. Uh, the Chiefs have enough weapons without him. I'm not necessarily worried about the Chiefs not having McCall Hardman. Let me ask you this. Where would you rank Hardman as far as offensive weapons? Right, not offensive line, not quarterback. Where would you rank him? Because he's obviously behind Kelsey.
3: He's behind Juju. It's behind Jarek McKinnon. Behind Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, I think you've already got. I think you've already buried him farther than I would. And, and, yeah, I, and I he's, he's I,
2: behind Tony in my mind. And he's behind MVS in my so mind. He, he's a.
3: He's you about you've the seventh. Way weapon. farther than I would. You've buried him way farther than I would. I I would say Kelsey and then maybe Schuster, maybe Schuster, and then I, mean, I have
2: to – You're saying Juju's a maybe. No, Juju was a much more impactful player than, than Hardman. Here's There's what no I'm rem- saying.
3: Look, you, you asked me, and then you want to dog sure. my answer. Do you want my answer, or do you – like, are you just prepared to box whoever I put in the ring, or what's happening? Yeah,
2: I'm ready to box. I'm, I'm ready okay. to box.
3: Look, I'm, I'm saying there was something happening with McCole Hardman at midseason that like you just brought up Jarrett McKinnon really early and he has been electric, but he was nowhere for the first two thirds of the season. And this season has gone in those waves. It was Clyde early getting all the touchdowns. Then like Kelsey had an incredible first two thirds. And then he's been without a score lately. McKinnon has been so on fire that he won offensive player of the month in like December, January in the AFC. But in other ways, these same guys have like completely gone off the map. But something was happening there before McColl went out where he was clicking in such a way with Mahomes and with what Reed wanted to do, especially near the red zone. And I liked that rhythm. He was clearly picking up on something. We began to talk about him. There was even discussion about like, oh, maybe we need to talk about bringing him back. And then now everyone's like, oh, he's already played his last game. It's over. You know, we really don't need him because he's redundant with Tony. And maybe, he, maybe some of those skills are redundant with Tony. But also, when they're duplicated with Tony in an offensive system, it's that much more dangerous. And Hartman knows the system more than anyone else on this entire wide receiver room. And so if you said he could come back and be a part of things, I would be way more enamored than probably most people because I think he's better than what we were remembering, and he had an he had an incredible burst at midseason, and that abdomen injury really killed his stock when it was climbing the the fastest.
2: Again, I apologize for for boxing you without letting you get your your side of things out here. I like McCall Hardman. That's not what I'm saying here. I just don't think he's a. Major contributor, if that makes sense. He's a nice piece to have, but he's not necessary. He played in eight games, 297 yards. It's not like McCall Hartman is out here lighting the world on fire. He had those four touchdowns. I will give him that. He was finding the end zone. But it's not like McCall Hartman had eight eight games and 600-plus yards. He was a fine player to have, but he's, in my opinion, behind – Behind for sure Juju, behind Travis Kelsey, obviously, behind what McKinnon has done recently, um, behind Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney and Mahomes have some sort of mind meld that feels like on the deep ball. Mahomes has been off with a lot of dudes deep. He's not been off with Kadarius Toney. I I think McCall Harmon's fine, but I I just don't think he's going to be a difference maker if he was here or if he's gone.
3: How many yards does Tony have in this offense?
2: Let me see. Right. I would say I would also say snap count has been way less. The sure. first couple, the first couple of games was Tony trying to get, um, you know, acclimated as well as he had
3: a it. multitude of injuries. I get it. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, like if you talk about you can't talk about McKinnon being a big weapon. Hear what I'm saying? Been, you, can't, you can't talk about McKinnon being a big weapon, and then not mention the fact that he has so few yards. And then discount uh, McCole Hardman for not having yards. Like those guys are kind of one and the same. They're red zone weapons. They were figuring out how to use them. Maybe the full yardage. McCole maybe wasn't getting a hundred yard games every game, like like some sort of number one receiver. That's not what I meant. But I would would put a healthy Hardman, I think, as a number three to four to five weapon on this team. And I think he would have shown that abdomen injury hadn't been so catastrophic to a contract year that's all so if he can get healthy i'm hung, I'm, ang- I'm anxious to see him back
2: yeah i feel for McCole Horman, by the way that sucks for him this was a guy who was probably going into his big payday of his nfl career he got injured and you were right he was having a nice connection early on with with mahomes especially in the red zone uh, they were finding a great way to use him as the end of last year went into this year uh, again my opinion is just i think Kadarius Tony makes him slightly redundant. Although I do agree with your state, your statement of them on the field at the same time is devastating for defenses. Maybe opens up a little bit more for Juju and Travis Kelsey. But I feel for McCall Hardman, sucks for him to have this injury at this point, of especially where his career is going.
3: Yeah. Let me let me bring up another name that's sure to bring all kinds of cheers and, and joy. Let's talk Clyde. Right. Clyde returned. Clyde edwards G. Lair returned um, to practice today. Uh, Now, it doesn't mean he's on the active roster. The window is open from him returning from injured reserve. There's 21 days for him to practice. There's plenty of time for the Chiefs to kind of figure out whether he he's healthy enough or has something that he can bring. Um, Are you glad to see him back? Are you are you are you hoping he makes his way back to the active roster for postseason play?
2: I'm glad he's at least healthy. You don't want any player to be hurt. So I'm glad to at least see him practicing in and, it and getting healthy. And I do think you and I actually might be boxing on the same team here. If he's the third running back on the active roster when healthy, I'm I'm okay with that. I think he adds a little bit more overall than Ronald Jones. I think Clyde brings more to the table. I think Clyde was having a pretty solid start to the season before the injury, but I don't want him getting snaps over Jerick McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs yeah. have a very good thing going with that duo, and I don't want Clyde eating into that. Clyde was having some effectiveness in the red zone, but I like what Isaiah Pacheco, the, the way he runs. I like Jerick McKinnon, the way he catches the football, as well as keeps defenses off guard with his elite speed. I just think Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be a fine insurance policy as a third back on the active roster.
3: Yep. I would stamp all that with yes and amen and, and be done with the conversation. One more for you. Um, (laughs) One more for you, Jody Fortson. And I want to, I want to bring that. He's back at practice too, after being gone for a while. And I want to bring this up too because when you start to talk about the use of Fortson along with Noah Gray in certain packages, Defenses that have learned how to maybe frustrate or stymie the Chiefs in other ways suddenly have to change up their looks and account for something that's totally different, which makes me very heartened to see Jody Fortson back in practice. And I'd love to see him added back to the to the roster to really do something here. Um, Like, what's your take on him coming back? Are you excited? Do you think that's really not a real factor?
2: Again, it, it. it's kind of so, – uh, McCall adds more, right? But to a similar extent, it, it, nice guys to have, but I don't think it's going to be the reason why the Chiefs win or lose. I think Jody Fortson's a nice red zone threat, as well as McCall Hardman, as well as Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Those three guys have had nice seasons when it comes to effectiveness in the red zone. Jody Fortson only has two touchdowns, but he only has nine receptions. Almost 25% of his catches are, are touchdowns. I like Jody Fortson, but they've done a nice – Thing with obviously Travis, Noah Gray, and then Blake Bell's now back on the active roster. Are they going to keep four tight ends? Uh, that remains to be seen. They obviously planned on that going into the year, but who knows now? Obviously, postseason year roster maybe crunches down a little bit. Travis Kelsey's probably going to play a lot more snaps now than he did during the regular season. How many snaps are actually left over for Jody? I don't know.
3: Hmm. That's a great point. That's a great point where now snap counts and resting and like all that stuff goes out the window when it's one and done every game. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, go just to a couple comments here, just to see what you guys are saying. Um, Huckleberry Rattler says Clyde hasn't put film up recently though. So it's an advantage that they could exploit. It's true. I mean, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he has coming back and how good he's looking. They, they started the year with a clear theme to feed Clyde in the red zone and um, they also started the year thinking that Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick who needed to earn his keep, and, and now we've seen that. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting. Uh, Mr. Swamp says, four tight end set, baby. Yeah, that, that I, I'm, all, I'm all about just crazy looks. Um, now, Fortson is a great red zone threat, says angry junken, drunken German, the size. We do love that. We do love – I remember watching the Chargers game the other day and seeing Donald Parham go up for some passes. that dude is 6'8". You remember that? Like a 6'8 tight end. The the mismatch was just crazy. The mismatch was just crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to have that kind of of size. Um, And then uh, Dan North said, wow, I forgot about Clyde. Man, things have been clicking in the backfield without him and in a crucial way, just preserve that. I think most of Chiefs' kingdom would agree with you. Um, So let's move on here. We're talking Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars visiting. They're playing with house money, right? I mean, this year was already a success just making the playoffs. Doug Peterson's going to make some Coach of the Year votes. Trevor Lawrence would have would have been talked about having a breakout year already. Um, a franchise that was like lost in Urban Meyer's weirdness a year ago now looks like they've really turned the corner. And then they won a playoff game, which just adds more fuel to that fire. They're having a lot of fun. They're playing good football when they, like, get their heads together. Doug Peterson's a good coach. We've got kind of a exciting football team here with an X-factor or two going on. I'd love to talk about, like, key matchups, elements. Like, when I when I say, like, Jags are coming to town to face the Chiefs, is there, like, the, like a top thing off the top of your head that you're like, here's one key matchup thing i'm looking for um you know when it comes to game time
2: doug peterson his aggressiveness doug peterson it doesn't have stones dude has boulders i mean <laughs> doug peterson is a is a head coach who knows what's going on this is an aggressive head coach who won a super bowl being aggressive this is a head coach who knows how to win when you are the underdog, the Eagles were massive underdogs. They won. The, the Jaguars are massive underdogs. What are they going to do? Go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. They might be on their own 40-yard line, and what's going to happen? They're going to go for it. <laughs> Seriously, the, you might see a lot of them going for two-point conversions on the first or second touchdown drive they have. Hopefully they, they have none. But if they do, I wouldn't be shocked. We saw an onside kick against the Kansas City Chiefs when they played in the regular season. The Jaguars season, as you mentioned, has already been a success. If they lose by 50, they won't care. They'll care to an extent, but it's still a success. Sure. The Chiefs, to an extent, they might be playing a little tight. They can't do that. Expectations for Kansas City are much higher. If the Chiefs lose, lose this game, that's a massive disappointment. The the Jaguars can afford to be a little frisky. Go for it on fourth and three on their own side of the 50. And that is a dangerous team. A dangerous team with a couple of weapons. I don't think they're the Bengals. I know everyone wants to ask, well, who's the Bengals of this year? There's not one. The Jaguars, they don't have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Etienne's nice. Christian Kirk would be the third best receiver on that team, although he's a very nice piece. Christian Kirk, he's been worth that contract. Evan Ingram is finally staying healthy, which is nice to see. They're just not as talented as Kansas City. But, again, the aggressiveness, if they pick up a ton of fourth downs, this game could be very, very interesting.
3: By the way, before they sign a free agent or make another draft pick, remember the Jags get Calvin Ridley back next year mm-hmm. because they traded him on the download, just hoping it could provide. That suddenly looks like a very – if I'm if I'm part of, if I'm a fan of the Jags, and it's hard not to root for them if you're not rooting for the Chiefs, I would be thrilled knowing that Calvin Ridley's kind of sitting there waiting in the wings for the future as a potential addition there. Uh, that, of course, that's for 2023. Um, let's talk about what about what about you know you mentioned Travis and and that run game has been pretty special at times. The Chiefs have a special run defender of their own, Nick Bolton. And I don't know if you're a big Nick Bolton fan or not. I don't know if you know much about Nick Bolton. I don't. I don't really know if you've ever watched Nick Bolton. But uh, yeah why I, do people but...
2: do this to me? I come on. <laughs> I understand you're joking, but everyone in the comments always was like, "Yeah, I forgot." Sterling hates Nick Bolton. Guys, I fucking love Nick Bolton. I get it. Okay. <laughs> hey, I have a problem here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I. I, I mean, I, who do you think it's the best of that battle there?
2: Hmm. I would say Nick Bolton going downhill, but if it's ETN in the pass game, ooh, that, that's a little difficult because he's very shifty. He's a phenomenal pass catcher as a running back. Uh, it's all the For all the shit we've given Urban Meyer, which he deservedly uh, gets, right? He said that he could be a wide receiver, and I, to an extent, almost believe him. Mm-hmm. ETN has a little bit of an Austin Eckler feel, right? As far as... The shiftiness, the ability to catch the ball in open space. He's good up against linebackers. That's a little matchup I would be a little concerned about as far as Nick Bolton or Willie Gay Jr., if you will, um, in pass coverage against Travis Etienne. But as far as going straight downhill, Nick Bolton's a big dude. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this is going to be a fun one. I think Nick Bolton would get the best of him in a straight downhill. They run up the gut. Good luck.
3: You you brought up Boston Eckler, and I think that's huge because, you know, looking back, I, I just thought, man, Eckler really didn't do much of anything for the Chargers. Like I don't remember like watching the Chargers game thinking, boy, Eckler's this real X factor. And then looking back at the stats here, you know, Eckler had 13 carries for 35 yards. He, did, he had two touchdowns on the ground, but like a 2.7 yards per carry average. And then he only caught two passes for eight yards. The Jags did a hell of a job on neutralizing the threat out of the backfield, both who could be an effective runner on the ground and certainly then through the air, do you think that maybe they're going to have an answer for Jarek McKinnon? Like, like, are we going to see McKinnon take off like normal and continue like he has? Or are the Jags onto something about how to play that role?
2: That's a really good point. Um, the only thing I would say is, no Mike Williams, so is Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen almost exclusively. Yeah. The Chiefs' offense is a little different. Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, uh, Jarek McKinnon. I will also say Mahomes actually throws the ball past the line of scrimmage. For some reason, the Chargers don't allow Justin Herbert to do that. That's, That's why crazy. Joel Lombardi got canned. I, it's just abysmal. They have an absolute alien at quarterback, and they treat him like Matt Schaub. It's, it's embarrassing. So <laughs> –
1: Uh, So, no, I
2: I think it's going to be different because Austin Eckler, that was their game plan was stop Austin Eckler. The Chiefs, it goes, well, who the hell are we going to stop? Travis Kelsey, Juju, Mahomes with his legs, you know, Jerick McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco up the gut. There's so many different options for the Chiefs. I think it'll be a little different.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm curious there. Also, looking at those stats, though, you were right in that Gerald Everett had a hell of a game for the Chargers – If Everett can tear you up, what's Travis Kelsey going to do against the Jags? I think I think Kelsey's going for one fifty and two touchdowns on Sunday. Do do you think though? Do you think that's possible? Lock it in.
2: Throw 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 five on it. Hey, there you go. There's your bet. Come on, bet with us and take the Matt Connor special. Get aggressive. Don't listen to our betting advice, but if you do, give the earnings to Matt (laughs) Connor.
3: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't take my advice on really on anything. Honestly, hey, <laughs> yeah, we got a super chat. Uh, Stro, you want to take it?
2: Yeah, from John F's Wacky World. Are you concerned about injuries? Concerned the Jags' defenses aggressiveness and the loss of Juju after the game this season? I don't know how to answer that. I, no, not really. I think that there's going to be such a spotlight on on Cisco. They'll probably have a little closer eye on Cisco based on what transpired. They might have a, a quick flag. You know, like in a basketball game that you know is going to be a rock fight. They have a quick first whistle, quick second whistle. The refs try and get control. If the Jags or the, even the Chiefs try to get extremely physical, I'd expect to see a few flags called early just to keep it in check. I don't think we'll see – They'll be aggressive, the Jags D, but I don't think we'll see anything like we saw against Juju Smith where Juju Smith shoots ready to go in the game because of uh, the injury.
3: Yeah, you know, we're actually slated to talk about Andre Sisco here um, coming up next. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, John F's Wacky World. Um, that's kind of fun to say, too. I'm glad your name is not just John F, but John F's Wacky World. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm interested here about Andre Sisco because, you know, we talk at times about petty – pat mahomes do you think we're going to see some of that this week i mean do you feel like mahomes is going to come out and go let me make an example of this guy who who put some of our guys at risk for real injury last time around or do you think that 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 do you think that mahomes just like i'm here i'm here to win i could care less
2: yeah i think he's here to win he could care less if something happens and Cisco's the dude in coverage, you might see a little something. You might see him pull out a thong and just flick it at him. You know, but I don't I don't think it is gonna be targeting Cisco. Because by the way, Cisco's a good ball player. Like he he's a solid football player. He had a good game against the Chiefs. If he gets beat, yeah, there might be a little something, but I don't think it's gonna be some um, targeted effort to force the ball his way. I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine that being the case.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one more, one more matchup thing. I just want to go back to here um, because we haven't talked about Chris Jones. And when you have a guy who's playing as dominant football as he is, I mean, I, I, Jones is just on a tear right now. I love that. I love that. He's just going to get to keep playing for at least one and hopefully three more games um, just to see how much he can continue to get better. Um like, I was looking up some metrics earlier today and, and, you know, the, the Jags Brandon Scherf was a nice signing, but the Jags center, Luke Fortner, I was looking up some pro football focus metrics, right? Creed Humphrey was the number one center per pro football focus this year with some overall offensive grade of like 90.1 or something. And then I was like scanning for Fortner and Fortner is like number 51. <laughs> on the list right like legit like past backups and whatever else and then his total his like metric on the season was like 45 points something it was like literally one half of creed humphrey and like you know i i knew he didn't have a great year but then and and of course we all have our issues with the way that pro football focus does some things. sometimes you know like these meaningless metrics if you will but you know when if you're Chris Jones and you're looking at the interior and a playoff contender here has someone at such a deficit, you just got to lick your chops at what we may see from the chiefs there and, or what other players are going to be able to do because the Jags are going to have to overcompensate for wherever Jones is at. Do you think we even see Jones like kick outside surprisingly a couple times just to like, just to shake that up?
2: Oh, yeah. We've seen it this season. We've seen Chris Jones play a good amount of, of DN this year, and no one complains because it's been successful. It's worked. It's not all the time, but in obvious pass rush pass rush situations, yeah. they'll put Mike Dana on the inside, the little NASCAR package, and Chris Jones dominates. Yeah, They'll, they'll find the weakest matchup. They'll put Chris Jones on him. It also helps that George Karloffis is coming into his own. It helps that Colin Saunders has had a nice year. Uh, it's helped that Frank Clark's had maybe his best years at Kansas City Chief. It's helped that Carlos Dunlap still has something left in the tank. It all comes down to, in my mind, Joe Cullen. Joe Cullen's done a phenomenal job. That dude does not get talked about enough. I want Joe Cullen to get more respect because this D-line is cooking. It starts with Joe and Chris Jones, and Chris Jones has given Joe Cullen a lot of credit. That means something.
3: You're saying that the D line has a colon card. Is that what you're saying? If that's a cult. All
4: right.
2: I like it. Uh, oh, Can I bring up one more thing? Yeah. I please. want to ask you something here. So Trevor Lawrence just shit his britches to start the game. Four picks in the first half. I mean, it was, it was gross. Like you're just watching a train wreck and you're sitting there trying to help because you're like, you feel for the people. But all of a sudden, like he's a superhero. He flips the freaking train over and all of a sudden he's like, nah, guys, I was just playing it. Do you think we'll see him in the first half be the moment being too big for him or the, the, the lights are too bright? Or do you think he got it out of, out of his system in that first game and he'll come out now saying, you know what? I saw this. This is just another game. I got it out of my system. I'm good to go now. Which side of Trevor Lawrence do you think we'll see?
3: Uh, that's a great question. I don't think he's, you know, I mean, look, the dude has played the, some of the biggest football games that, that a player can play. Um, I don't ever want to say it. anything's too big for him. Clearly, what the Chargers were doing on on uh, you know last week in the Wild Card weekend worked. I don't know how to answer that. I think the Chiefs come out on top, and I think that and I, you know we'll talk about our predictions in a little bit. Um, I think that Lawrence is still prone to mistakes. I think he's still learning. I think the Chiefs are really going to complicate that learning curve. That's what Spags does so well against younger quarterbacks. This game will be a great learning experience for him. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are going to come up with four, four interceptions or, you know, like, I mean, Asante Samuel, I went three by himself last week. I mean, what a, by the way, if I, if you lose a game in which I intercept the ball three times, I'm pissed. I'm <laughs> beyond pissed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh I think there's a couple turnovers. Look, the Chiefs are gonna come in and the Chiefs are gonna play tight football. That's what they that's what they're gonna do. They're they're veteran, they're very, very well coached. They have multiple ex head coaches on their staff. Like of, of all the miscues that we've seen during the season, that shit's all over now. They've had the bye, they've had their rest, they're gonna be well prepared against a young team like the Jags playing with house money and have a lot of fun. The chiefs are going to come in and go, Hey, when it comes to this deep in the postseason, you got to be serious. And so I just think they're going to come in. They're going to play efficient football. The defense is going to get three and outs. The defense may get a turnover or two. I just don't think it's going to be even that close. And I think the Jags are going to take a look and go, Oh, this is what it takes to play at this stage. And the Chargers were never going to present that to them. They're never going to present that. Because the Chargers can't even figure out how to even play week to week consistent football, let alone like what it takes to play at this stage. But the Chiefs, more than any other team right now in the NFL, knows what it takes to play deep into the postseason. They are the team that exhibits this. Which, by the way, and I just said this on Twitter, it drives me bananas, bananas, bananas. We should do that like bananas, 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 like some D-A-N-A-N-A-S. sort of B A N A N A S. Why the Chiefs aren't losing one executive and one assistant coach every year is crazy to me. Crazy, because you, you know you can say like, "Oh, well, the enemy is, you know, clearly something's wrong there," and clearly Spags this, and clearly, you know, Spags had his chance and he's not there, and and Matt Nagy he wasn't too impressive. So therefore, look, the Patriots bleed leadership every year, even if those guys are like known or unknown. It doesn't matter. Like people will just. People just take people from the front office and the coaching staff left and right. And the Chiefs have such an incredible like record of sustained success, even before Mahomes, such a strong organizational culture, such a player positive atmosphere, like seamless communication between coaching staff, front office, and and team leadership. It's baffling to me, baffling to me that the Chiefs aren't rolling in comp- compensatory picks because the fruit is getting plucked off the tree. It, it's crazy.
2: I agree with you to an extent. First off, your little story right there got me hyped up. I want to run through a wall, and now the Chiefs are going to be the Jags by 50. Just because of your <laughs> speech, I'm I'm fucking stoked right now. Uh, two, though, when it comes to you know losing front office members or losing people in the coaching staff, they've lost a decent amount. I mean, it's not like they've been without fault here. They they are not without fault. they've Without keeping everyone, Ryan Poles just left. Um, we saw uh, Mike Kafka leave. Mike Kafka, by the way, uh, looking like he's going to get an OC job
3: somewhere
4: soon. Uh, but
3: dude, but dude, what other team? What other team in the NFL has had their OC in place for five years? What totally. other team has had? What other team has had their combined coordinators? Together for nine years. Tell me. Yeah. Tell good me. point. No, good the point. Team, head coach and two coordinators together for as long as they have four years without any changes to the upper tier of leadership for a team that is regularly scheduled for the Super Bowl and was already regularly scheduled for the postseason before Mahomes arrived. Crazy. Crazy.
2: Yeah. No, good point. Good point.
3: Uh, so
2: someone, uh, in the chat brought up a good point. No one wants to leave a winner. That's true, but the Patriots, they do a good job of, Hey, leave. We'll bring in new thoughts. We'll bring in someone new. They did that a lot with Tom Brady when they were winning, um, hell, bill O'Brien and, or, and Alabama does too. I know it's different because it's college football, but Nick Saban does that all the time. Yeah. Lane Kiffin dude from Ole Miss was a Hugh freeze. Might've been there. Um, You know, Bill O'Brien's back now. Sometimes it's good to bring in new people, a new voice, someone new. But I'm with you. Eric bien Dave Tobe as well, who's done a phenomenal job as a special teams uh, coordinator for for this long. The fact he's not been plucked, uh, that says something. Um, Spagnola, whatever your thoughts are, he's obviously done a nice job from Bob Sutton turning the defense around. I'm with you. The Chiefs have not lost as much as one would
3: think. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. And everyone wants to make a special case, but they want to do it for each and every person who could possibly leave. And it's like, look, are we just stacking up special cases or are we going to admit that no one quite knows what to do with the way the Chiefs run their team and who would be responsible enough to pull from there and plant something similar somewhere else?
2: Yeah. Uh, Let's get into predictions for the divisional round. Bills and Bengals. What are you looking at here?
3: I have to be honest at this point, I would not be too afraid of the, of the Buffalo bills. And I could care less if you're playing in orchard park or whether you're playing in Siberia or whether you're playing in Mercedes Benz stadium in, in Atlanta, it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, like the moment that Vaughn Miller was out, the bills became gone. Miller like that, like, like they got him to beat the chiefs. They can't beat the chiefs without him. I, I that's, that's just the way that's gonna work. I think their defense is very depleted by injuries. Trey White isn't what he used to be. They're they're missing their key safeties, which has been the story all year. Yeah. So I'm I'm not afraid there. And I think and I think the Bengals are playing the best football of any team in the NFL right now. It's I think the Bengals roll the Bills. Wow. And that and that feel good story is over.
2: I thought the Bengals We're going to take care of the Bills until the offensive line issues. Jonah Jonah is now listed as day-to-day, or week-to-week. I don't expect him to be back for this game against the Bills. That's a massive loss. We saw what the Bengals looked like with a depleted offensive line. It was a struggle. For all the issues the Bills have, they can land some haymakers. I expect them to land some haymakers – against the Bengals secondary. I have the Bills winning this game. I think it's a very close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other, but I think uh, I think five points that the, the Bills are getting is way too much. Yeah, it's going to be a game-winning field goal or a one- or two-point game. But I have the Bills winning just because that offensive line and the issues, that's going to be devastating for Cincinnati.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's go to predictions for this game. Uh, let's hear – like. Chiefs, Jags. What do you got?
2: Chiefs, come on. Chiefs by seven to ten points. Uh, I think okay. the Jags story is fun. Uh, I think they're a well coached team. I love Doug Peterson. I love Doug Peterson. They have some weapons, but they're just not there. They're a they're a year ahead of schedule. Um, you know, you mentioned Calvin really coming back next year. They might even get another wide receiver, some more big pieces. But guess what? They don't have them this year. It's a great story. They're just not as talented as Kansas City, a team that's been here time and time again. The Chiefs, they've been prepared. Andy Reid, off of bye. I like the Chiefs in this one. As much fun as as the Jacksonville Jaguars are, and I think we'll see some crazy things. Chiefs will get it done.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. The Chiefs are the wall that they run into. Uh, We've already talked about this. They're fundamentally sound. The Chiefs are going to be ready. Chiefs by 21, Chiefs by she spent twenty, twenty-one. I I just don't think it's close. I don't. I don't think the spread is close. Honestly, I I think yeah, I think the sure.
2: <laughs> the stones on you. Throw some money on that, pal.
3: Peterson boulders right now. That's how I'm feeling.
2: <laughs> All uh, right,
3: Look, hey, let's bring it, Richard it, in. It's time. Uh, it's time for the must list. Richard, how you doing today, man? I'm
4: doing great, fellas. It's always a great day listening to you two talk football.
3: <laughs> uh, hey, I'll I'll lead out, guys. I've been going back over arcade fires catalog, but by the way, if you're new to this, the must list is our weekly, you know, list of things we recommend, whether it's something we want, something we read, something we view, whatever it is, we'd love to pass on recommendations. By the way, we love your recommendations like in the discord, in our membership discord uh, where we'd love to hear from you. and, And I've gone and watched things that you guys have recommended. I've listened to things that you guys have recommended. So it's always a great time. Um, but for me this week, I've been going back over old Arcade Fire stuff. And I just love the album Neon Bible. Uh, did you guys ever get into that at all? That's Man, a great I, album. That whole thing front to back for me is amazing. But I remember the first time I was listening on headphones, I got to my body is a cage at the end. And it's like the, like the orchestra kicks in, the choirs kick in, that, that old church organ going on, whatever. And I just like I just remember feeling chills front to back. And I'd forgotten that whole sensation and that whole album until this week. And so yeah, I can't get enough neon Bible.
2: Uh by the way, before we get to Richard, uh, we have a Jags fan in the chat, and he's actually a nice guy. Uh have fun an arrowhead. Thank you to everyone in the chat, all of the commenters who are also being nice to the to the Brandon, uh, the Jags yeah. fan. Congratulations, guys. Uh congratulations on being here. Uh have fun. Uh Richard, what is your must
4: list? All right. Uh I can't believe I'm gonna have to recommend this one and maybe even describe the log line of this, but we're going to recommend a piece of literature today. But we know Richard doesn't read books. He reads comics. We're recommending a comic. <laughs> we're getting there. We're recommending a comic written by Matt Fraction, illustrated by Chip Zartsky. It's called Sex Criminals. I can't show you this cover of this comic because this one's a variant it's got a very naughty drawing behind this pink board, but sex criminals. Now here, St- 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 Sterling, you need a, you need a hold with me here. It's about.
3: Isn't like a fucking playboy back there, pal? No,
4: they they, they uh, sold I'm these like playboys, and I'm
3: reading. <laughs> they they is that, sold these that like doctor chart, and then you turned it into a comic book.
4: It could work that way too. It could work that way too, but this comic, bear with me now. You can try to read it if you can, but this comic, bear with me, is about some individuals who discover that when they complete the deed, time stops. So they do the, the, the only logical thing. They rob a bank. So just imagine that. People doing the deed outside of a bank and then putting on their mask and going, let's do this.
2: What's the deed, Richard?
4: It's an orgasm, folks. So there you go. Sex criminals. Matt for action, Chip Zardsky. uh People <laughs> orgasm and they stop time. Here we go. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's a really good comic. Check it out.
2: Dude, exactly. I we should have saved that for last. There's zero chance I'm beating that one,
3: Sterling.
4: What do you got now? What, what, Until next week, this
2: was the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. <laughs> uh well, I uh, I was gonna have Spinal Tap. And Spinal Tap's a great movie, but apparently I can't compete with orgasming Bank Robbers. Yeah, that Richard read. Richard is reading the most wild thing. I can't get over him. It's literally you're right, Matt. It's an eye doctor chart that he plastered over to Playboy, and apparently this is what he's reading. He's like he's
3: like a, the kid who like puts something inside the book <laughs> in class and like really no, he, more.
2: but he actually the Playboy on the outside and the inside is like Tolstoy. Like he's want people to know that he's reading like an actual book.
3: <laughs> Take us out of here. Sterling you did. it You're so good
2: uh, This has been the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Matt Verder
3: <laughs> Matt
2: Connor, Matt Verder wants his name Nowhere near this show Right now yes, uh, Richard so cool. Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes Thank you guys so much For commenting in the chat Thanks for sticking with us During this absolute debacle Of the final segment Which we always do So if you guys like this show You're just finding this out Yeah we talk cheat For about 50 minutes And then have a debacle The last 10 It's fun for us Thank you. I hope you guys have fun too. Until next time, this is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast.